Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 247. I'm Kip Clark. And I'm Kathleen Duffy. And today, Kathleen, I want to talk about an idea that I posed to you under the name More Baths and Fewer Showers. And to explain to the audience, this contemplation arose from an observation I had about water as a resource that people use to clean themselves. And I had a hypothesis that has since been proven wrong in research I've done that baths would actually take up less water than showers. And in doing research, I learned that if your shower is between five to seven minutes, there's a good chance that a full bath would use up more gallons of water. And so therefore, it's more ecologically friendly and wise to take a shower. But of course, there are people who take longer showers. And those are the people that inspired this topic in me. The idea of showering, not so much as a hygienic phenomenon, but the concept of being cleansed by something rushing past you and neither entity, either the person or the water flow, sitting with one another. Very opposite the idea of a bath. And I bring this up because in a modern context, I feel like we have that mentality of showering in things, of quickly passing by experiences that we've had and not really sitting with them. In binge watching on Netflix, Hulu, or other streaming services, even YouTube, which has an autoplay feature in the way that many of us use single-use plastics and constantly throw them out without really processing our role in a cycle of being given an object, making use of it, and throwing it away, which to me is very much a shower mentality if you're willing to humor this metaphor. And I think that the bathing mentality of really being with yourself, of sitting with what it is that you are, what it is that you've accumulated, while not necessarily pleasant, might be more informative and valuable and rewarding in the long run. And I have some other bullet points I intend to use to defend this potentially radical idea. But Kathleen, I'd first love to hear your thoughts when I shared this with you. As someone who loves baths, but doesn't take them very often, I was really excited when you proposed this topic. As a current student, taking a bath isn't really even an option. There are a couple baths on campus, but if anybody actually used one, they'd be making quite a statement. When people notice the baths on campus, they're immediately repulsed, thinking about the fact that so many people would share the same space for bathing, even though in reality, it's not that different from using the same shower. Aside from the occasional bath at home, most of my associations with bathing are those of childhood and of pictures from years ago of me with a sibling in a bathtub, as I'm sure many of us have. While I really appreciate that reference because I've seen many of those photos, I myself don't know if my parents managed to get any pictures of me in a bathtub specifically, though we all have compromising and embarrassing photos of ourselves as children if our parents grew up with cameras. And I love that you've drawn this association with childhood because in a very literal sense, I think that's why very few people take baths as they grow older. But I also think in the philosophical sense that this topic has taken on for me, there is another beautiful illustration of how many of us, as we grow older, approach the resources and experiences around us. When we're young, the people in our immediate area are the people we befriend. They are the waters of the bathtub, if you will. And as we grow older, 
especially when we have access to things like the internet and we go off to college or move out on our own. And in urban areas in particular, the constant stream of people and experiences absolutely differs from that of childhood. I also think about the objects that we own. People cycle through cell phones constantly. They cycle through clothes. But when you're younger, you might have a few toys that your parents hope you'll get as much enjoyment out of as you can. There's this attitude for many, though not every child, of appreciation or hope that you will be patient and appreciative of what you have before being given more things. Though I'm well aware that children continue to ask for more things and that I shouldn't be idealizing childhood for something that it isn't. And I also think about the positions in which we take showers and baths. And to me, baths, for whatever we might associate with them, are somewhat more honest. We are vulnerable when taking them, and that feels fitting to me because we are vulnerable because we need to cleanse ourselves. And when you're prone in a bath, your pose communicates that. But in a shower, we are necessarily standing up, and there's something stronger about that. And with the mention of a very charged word like stronger, I also have an association of baths as being portrayed for feminine space, whereas showers, not necessarily masculine, but that men are less likely, in my mind, in my experience of culture, to take baths. And I'd really love to explore that idea more because tied to the philosophy I see as associated with these two means of cleansing oneself, at least in our society, Kathleen, I feel like men are more encouraged to be fast-moving. If we look at sexual stereotypes of how men, often straight men, behave, they are rewarded for promiscuity, for having multiple partners, whereas women are shamed, often, for being in that same space. They are encouraged to have few, or in certain paradoxical cases, no partners but still sexual prowess and sexual experience. We make of women stable, stationary, and domestic entities where men, especially historically, are adventurers. They go out, they do experience multiple things. They have these wild lives. And I do tie this to the aesthetics of bathing versus showering. I appreciate that you bring up this gendered distinction between bathing and showering because upon reflecting upon this topic, I had a similar idea. When baths are presented in the media, in movies or commercials, they are presented as something luxurious, with a woman unwinding with bubbles and oils and candles, and in that way comes to be associated with femininity. And this goes hand in hand with the way that women are generally taught or allowed the space to be introspective and sensitive. The masculine qualities of showers, I think, also extend into the ideas that you've brought up earlier of consumption and competition and speed which are not only masculine qualities, but capitalistic qualities. Not only are there issues of gender here, but also of class, and of the portrayal of the upper-middle-class white woman unwinding with her glass of wine in the bathtub. In the same way that I think issues of mental health and problems are also generally thought of as an upper-middle-class problem, something that people of other social and economic spheres associate with shame. I really appreciate that you bring class into it because I hadn't been thinking in that lens in preparation for this, but it does tie neatly back to my initial desire to discuss the beliefs at play in how we approach either of these two methods. In particular, one of the first notes that I made remarks upon how quickly we rid ourselves of waste. I was referring at that point to objects, 
but in a classist way, how quickly the upper classes try to distance themselves from people they see as lesser than, as garbage or trash, which has become, increasingly with time, an insult that people will use to refer to one another. And I then wrote down, as I'd love the audience to consider, what if every trash receptacle was transparent? Now here I'm not talking about literal baths or showers, but the idea of acknowledging what we consider waste, sitting with that thought, pondering on what we're trying to get rid of and why we're trying to get rid of it. I would ask that people look at their behavior in the bathroom. And for those eating, I will give you a warning to stop listening or to pause listening. Because everything that our bodies deposit into toilets is, of course, waste. And I'm not in any way going to insinuate that we should sit with that. However, as doctors and people in the medical field can tell you, the waste that we leave behind, in this case biological, says a great deal about our internal health. And what I mean to address in this topic, in this episode, is that our attitudes towards waste can harm us if we don't reflect upon them. And there are plenty of things that we can learn inherently in the act of cleansing that will teach us a great deal about ourselves. We know what it is we're trying to remove, and that alone speaks to our values, speaks to what we want to avoid or remove from our persons, or in certain cases, from our minds, when we try to cleanse or calm the mind. Reflecting alone upon the disclaimer that you give to the audience offers us insight into our understanding of waste and our relationship to it. The fact that we associate our natural byproducts as something inappropriate, that we shouldn't be talking about it at all, especially not in certain contexts. And in this sense, we see the ways in which we distance ourselves from waste. We associate it as somehow not our own or not of ourselves, but rather some kind of an unfortunate happening that we need to get rid of. Far too often, in throwing things away, we also throw away ownership and responsibility. I think this is especially relevant in our ecological crisis. As we continue to produce waste in vast amounts, all the while feigning innocence, even though we know the destruction that we're creating, we instead blame it on larger social structures, which are of course at play, but nonetheless do so in an attempt to divest ourselves of any personal responsibility. And in that spirit of escape, and detachment and removal from the waste that we produce or are a part of, a phrase I've been eager to hear your thoughts on is the idea of stewing in filth that so many people bring up when you even propose that bathing could be an option for cleansing oneself, that so many people think it's not clean at all, and in fact the dermatological evidence is not there, that cleaning oneself in a bath is perfectly healthy and it works similar to a shower as far as health, though as I mentioned earlier, water waste depends on the amount of time you are using in either scenario, but I'm most focused here on the philosophy, and while I don't think dwelling on mistakes, tragedies, or negative circumstances is healthy, I think that's one extreme on a spectrum, and the other is never acknowledging or processing these same negative ideas. To me, sitting in the middle is to take a bath. You sit with something negative for a while, but you don't live there. You eventually drain the bath. You have cleaned yourself. And I think that experience, metaphorically here, is a valuable one. I also hear this phrase frequently in the bath versus shower debate. 
What I find particularly interesting is not that we're sitting and stewing in filth, but that that filth is uniquely our own. We see the water change, and it changes because of us. In the shower, we go in dirty and come out clean. And in that rapid process, we're able to disassociate the dirt from our own bodies. The grime is somehow separate from who we are. However, when we're in the bath, we are forced to reckon with our role in the dirt that's surrounding us, in the water that was once clear and is now murky. And returning to the larger philosophical point, I think that's how most of our problems, the various forms of grime on our bodies, function. We like to imagine that we're somehow removed from a problem, a conflict, or a bad feeling, that we have no responsibility or are completely impartial, when in reality, we're constantly mediating experiences. And in doing so, assume a kind of experiential connection that is essential in understanding the problem at hand. And Kathleen, before we conclude this episode, what would you like the audience to consider after listening to this conversation? I hope that the audience will reflect upon what it is that inspires them to take a bath or a shower when they do. Does it have something to do with the quality of your day? What do you think about when in those places? I often hear about people having ideas in a shower as it being a place of inspiration. Does that happen in the bath? Do you feel some kind of a vulnerability or insecurity when in the bath, sitting down, versus the power of standing up in a shower? And when we take baths, how do we physically and emotionally feel? Is it necessary that we are fully submerged in the water, or can we be more ecologically minded and have a partially full bathtub? How might that change the experience of bathing itself? And while these ideas hadn't come to me until now, I'd still love to share them to hear what the audience thinks. First, about the idea of baths, especially in history, as sometimes being social places. Kathleen, you remarked upon bathing as a child, and that sometimes children will play and share a bath together, and that showers, while they aren't never shared, I picture typically as being shared in more sexual contexts as adults if they are shared at all. To me, a shower also contains more of a highly functional component where baths can be more recreational. And lastly, I do wonder to what extent a bath, in being characterized as vulnerable and in many cases warm, might remind an individual, even on a physical level, of being a baby in the womb, in this safe, warm, and fluid environment. I don't know if there is any thought worth exploring further there, but it did occur to me, and I would love any thoughts. And on that note, we always want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. Ours are two voices, and we'd really love to hear what you think. So if you have any opinions, comments, or thoughts of your own, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed the show, consider subscribing to it and sharing it with a friend you think would also get something out of it. And as always, we thank you very much for listening, and from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark, signing off. And I'm Kathleen Duffy. Go in peace and conversation. <laughs>